Welcome to Kingdom Mothers Rise Up, where I encourage and equip you to heal your heart and renew your mind so you can live the fully abundant life Jesus promised you. Let's go. It's time to move. Thanksgiving tomorrow. So I'm going to talk about the blessings of Thanksgiving today and also want to talk about um, a couple of like tips, I guess, for dealing with um, hard people or hard situations on Thanksgiving. It's... I've just opened a Heart Doodling for Jesus membership. Each one walks you through not only the how and why of what I'm doing, but you actually have the opportunity to doodle right along with me and see what I am doodling and how I'm approaching things. Because there's some principles in place, but there's not hard and fast rules and guidelines because it's creative and it's about following what you need and what Holy Spirit is telling you. So I invite you to come and join the membership. It's only $7 a month. Um, there's also options to get a discount for joining a year at a time. And there's also a lifetime membership that is an amazing deal. If this intrigues you at all, invest $7 and a little bit of time and come and check out the Heart Doodling with Jesus membership. As wonderful as holidays are, they tend to put us in those situations too. So blessings of Thanksgiving. Why, why is Thanksgiving a blessing for us and not just the holiday of Thanksgiving, but actually the act of giving thanks? Why is that a blessing to us? Because sometimes we think, well, I need to praise the Lord for him, but it's really for us. And so the first thing I think that Thanksgiving does for us is it refocuses us from the things that are going wrong, the things that we're frustrated with, to the things that we are thankful for, the things that are going right or the things that are good. So they refocus us because there's always like, we're still alive. We have breath. God still loves us. Always things to be thankful for. And once we switch our focus to looking for those things that we can give thanks for, we tend to find more because we, what we focus on grows and magnifies. And so the more that we start to look like, oh yeah, it actually hasn't been a bad life. It's just been a hard season or it hasn't been an awful week. It's just been a bad morning or there's a hard thing. So when we shift and refocus, it helps us to gain a better perspective. And that perspective increases or elevates whatever you want to call it even more. If we're not just going, oh, I appreciate this. I'm grateful for this, but I'm also willing to give thanks to the Lord and realize I don't deserve any of his good gifts and blessings. And yet he gives them to me. If we're refocusing to being thankful and being grateful instead of what's going wrong and the things that we don't like, how much more so if we realize that that's all from the Lord and it's because he loves us. So then that can refocus and shift our perspective even more. So it encourages our hearts. It encourages the people around us if we can find things to be grateful for. And I'm not talking about Pollyanna where we never talk about anything wrong. Um, and you can only talk about the positive, but really taking the time to realize there's always something to be grateful for in the midst of hard things even. And it doesn't make 
it doesn't make the hard things go away, but it makes them easier to deal with if we're realizing, okay, God loves me. He has promises for me, promises for good, hope and future and all of these things instead of my situations are going to be the end of me and this is all there ever is. Sometimes that means like that refocusing to like, okay, get out of like, yeah, this season, I don't see how this season is going to end. And this season is so hard. But if I take a bigger perspective, um, whether like the rest of my life or especially perspective of eternity, anything we go through here, you know, Paul says it's a light and temporary trial. Like Paul wasn't going through light and temporary trials in my perspective, you know, he's being beaten and thrown in prison and persecuted and all these different things. And he's like, it's nothing in light of eternity. So we need that shift in focus to be grateful there, there is eternity and there is the promise of good. The blessing of Thanksgiving to refocus, to encourage yourself, to encourage others. Um, and then again, if we're attributing that every good gift comes from the Father, then it draws us back to the Lord. But we enter in through praise and thanksgiving to his courts and through the gates and to his courts. So it brings us closer to him because, again, we're focusing on him and his good gifts. So it's good for us. And I just love that about the Lord, that the things he tells us to do isn't because he's an egomaniac. It isn't because he's a control freak. It's because they're good for us. A tremendous blessing, something that we can be grateful for. A couple of tips for like dealing with holiday situations that can be challenging. And so the first one is pre-deciding. So if you have a holiday situation that you're not looking forward to for some reason, you know what that reason is. You know what you're anticipating, um, whether that is being belittled, whether that is um, being challenged about your parenting methods, um, whether that's about controversy over political things, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it is what, what you're dreading, what you're hoping doesn't happen, but you're pretty sure it's going to happen because you know your family or the friends you're going to be with or whatever. So look ahead to that situation and pre-decide what you are going to do to maintain your peace for the day or for the hour or whatever. And depending on what that is, that could be pre-deciding that if this happens, I'm leaving. Um, like I'm giving myself permission to leave if I don't feel safe or if this is not feeling good. Um, it could be pre-deciding that when they make their comments about your weight, that you're just gonna, you know, like decide on what you're gonna say back to them. Or when they make a comment about your parenting methods to, you know, that you're going to say, I'm happy with how things are going. Like, I feel like this, you know, is working, it's going good. Pre-decide, like, you know what those situations are. So decide ahead of time, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to walk out of the room. I'm not going to be alone in a room with this particular person because they won't say stuff in front of other people. They'll wait till we're alone. Uh, so I'm not going to be alone uh, with these particular people or particular person. And so just think through like, what are those things and what can you decide ahead of time of what you're going to say or not going to say, even up to like, we'll just leave. And, you know, sometimes like, well, I can't do that. But you can, 
if that's what you need to do to feel safe and to enjoy your holiday, then you can do that. Um, and even like if you're out of town and well, I'm staying with them, that's okay. You can go get a hotel. Like you don't have to stay. You don't have to do things the way they've always been. If it's not working for you, um, obviously you need to be respectful. Like I'm not giving you permission to lash out and anything like that, but you pre-decide so that, you know, I have a plan. If something goes wrong or, you know, if this pattern starts that we've seen in the past, I know what I'm going to do. And that just gives you a peace and a confidence. And of course you talk that through with your family. That's, you know, anybody that's traveling with you or whatever, so that they know. And, you know, we've done this, excuse me, did this with my kids going to different holidays and be like, okay, you know, if it, if it gets to this, then here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave, or we're going to get together and play a game, leave everybody else to do their stuff or, you know, just whatever. So that there's a plan and you can just have that confidence of, okay, I can go because this is what Thanksgiving is for me or Christmas or whatever, that I want to visit with people and I want to enjoy the time and I want to do the games or, you know, whatever the different things are. And then these are the things, you know, the put downs and the ridicule and the questioning are the things I'm not going to participate in. And this is how I'm not going to participate in them. Pre-deciding is, is my first tip for you for a more peaceful holiday. And then the next one is to validate yourself. Validating yourself is so important because you can't control anyone else. So you can't guarantee anyone else is going to validate you. If the holidays are hard for you because you're grieving the loss of a loved one and the people around you are going to be like, you should be over that by now. Well, don't go to them with your hurt. Validate yourself. Yes, it's legitimate that I'm still grieving, that I'm still hurting. It makes perfect sense. And this is what I need to do for myself. And, you know, so maybe that's taking time to journal and cry before you go. Giving yourself permission to grieve and to be sad for a time. But then I'm going to refocus because now it's about celebrating what still is instead of grieving what wasn't. But validating that your grief and your frustrations are legitimate and you have a reason for them, even if it doesn't seem to be an acceptable reason. Um, because we don't, I'm going to say we don't control our emotions, but I want to qualify that. Emotions come like they're an involuntary reaction. Like if something happens and it frustrates you, you don't control if you get frustrated. You control what you do out of that frustration, but you don't control whether you get frustrated or not. And so like when grief hits you, you don't control that, but you also need to not let it control you. You need to listen. If it's saying that you need to take some time to journal or to cry or to do whatever it is that would make you have a connection with what you're grieving, be able to feel that grief. Don't let it control you of just, oh, this is just how I am and I'm just going to be miserable this holiday because I'm grieving or whatever. Validate what you're feeling. It's valid that you feel frustrated. It's validate, valid that you're not looking forward to going to be with a relative who always ridicules your choices. And so those things are valid and you need to validate yourself because there may not be anybody else that's going to do that for you. 
If there are other people, that's a bonus, but you have to be able to do it for yourself to be able to say what I feel and what I think is valid. Um, and I guess what I was saying about like, even if it doesn't seem to make sense for one, like we don't control the emotions, they just hit us. But particularly with family of origin, you know, our parents and our siblings, there's old stuff there. And some of the fears and insecurities come from when we're really young. When we're wounded as a child, if that doesn't get healed, then even though we're an adult and we have grown physically and mentally, if that emotional piece hasn't specifically been healed, then we still respond like a child. We still have childlike thinking in that particular area because that area has been wounded and stopped growing at that age. So that's what I was meaning about like, like, well, it doesn't make any sense that I would feel like I'm an adult and I don't have to worry about this. Well, yes, but there's that child part of you that's still scared or insecure or we talked about pre-deciding and validating yourself. And then I did want to talk a little bit more about grief at the holidays. Because if you've lost someone, then it's hard because you're seeing, well, this is what they would have been doing and here's where they would have been and here's what would have been happening. And you definitely need to grieve. You have permission to grieve. You have permission to miss them. You also have permission to celebrate at the same time. And I think in our world, I don't know if it's our Western world or whatever, but it's like, it's black or white. Well, I can't, if I'm grieving, then like I'm just complaining and causing problems and being sad and whatever. Um, but you can celebrate at the same time. You can miss them and be glad that they're not suffering anymore. You can miss that they're not there to do what they always did at the holiday celebration and celebrate the new traditions that are coming. Um, because now there has to be new because they're gone. And so to be able to give yourself permission and make space to grieve if you need to grieve, but also give yourself permission or force yourself if you have to, to find ways to celebrate and look at what is and be grateful for what is while you're missing the person that's no longer here and finding ways, you know, to honor them. And like I said, maybe you can get your family on board with doing something with you, but maybe you're just doing it yourself and that's okay. Take care of you and what you need to do. If you need, I said, some space to grieve or to cry or, you know, it could be another of the pre-deciding things. Like if I get hit with a wave of grief at this big group celebration, like I'm going to go find a quiet room and I'm going to give myself some time with the Lord to, to refocus and to tell, you know, to validate my feelings of how sad I'm feeling and how much I'm missing them and all of that. And then, then I can return and go back to everybody else. So just giving yourself permission and opening up that perspective that you can be disappointed, frustrated, grieving, and celebrate and be grateful and look at your blessings at the same time. Boundaries, because of course boundaries come up all the time. But I find a lot of times if we didn't, if you didn't grow up with boundaries, you're confused about what boundaries are and you're confused about how to use them. And I know this was true for me. <laughs> 
is still figuring it out. But the idea came to mind of we talk about boundaries being fences and what's in your yard and what's in somebody else's yard. I had the idea, like if you live in one of those neighborhoods where one lawn runs into the next, so where one yard runs into the next and there's not a fence. So somebody could, you know, if they're not paying attention, they're distracted, listening to the music or whatever, and they're mowing, they could end up mowing your yard as they're mowing their yard because there's no fence or kids are out playing and their game travels over into your yard or the ball comes into your yard, but there's no, I mean, like, I'm sure you know where the line is if you live in a place like that, but there's no clear, like if the ball comes into your yard, they don't have to climb a fence or go through a gate or go around it to come get the ball. They just come get it because there's no defined boundary there. And like, yes, it is, but there's nothing physical. Boundaries are the same way. If you haven't said, this is what I am going to do. And that's the key with boundaries. This is what I am going to do. It's what I need and what I'm going to do. It doesn't control anyone. It doesn't dictate anyone else's behavior in any way. It is what you are going to do. So if there is a fence there, nobody's going to accidentally mow your lawn. <laughs> nobody's going to accidentally migrate their game into your yard because there's a fence that they run into. They can't. And so you have to look at how your boundaries create that same kind of thing in a relationship. How did they run into it and know they ran into a boundary? And so sometimes we make a request. I would really like you to stop complaining about something. That's a request. That's not a boundary. There, there's no, like, how do I? The boundary would be, if you start doing this thing that I would like you to stop doing, if you start doing this, I'm going to leave, or I'm going to change the subject or I'm, you know, whatever is appropriate that you can do because you don't control anybody else. They're free to do what they want to do. You're free to not listen or not participate or whatever, but that's part of that pre-deciding. Sometimes boundaries are communicated and sometimes they're just run into <laughs> like that fence. And, you know, and then if you're in relationship, you can talk about that. But I think a lot of times <clears throat> we want to explain our boundary to somebody and have that fix everything. And it usually doesn't because <clears throat> we're just creatures of habit and we have to run into the fence a few times to see, oh, the fence is really there and it's staying. And so um, need to need to make some adjustments, make some changes. If you think of it like the, the fence what happens so that somebody knows you have a boundary and it's not because of what you do to them but it's because of what you do that you're going to keep yelling at me I'm going to get off the phone or I'm going to leave the room because it's something that you are going to do not something you're asking them to do if you have questions leave them and that'll help for the next show and in the meantime I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you take the time to refocus on all the blessings and all the things that are good and that you give credit to the Lord for those things um, and make some time to sit with him and give him thanks. Happy Thanksgiving and we will see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Mothers Rise Up podcast. I'm blessed to have you here. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can join us in the Kingdom Mothers Rise Up Facebook community. When you're ready for more support, I have the Heart Doodling with Jesus monthly membership, periodic group coaching, and one-on-one personalized coaching as well. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next time.